0: Join me, Christine Weinbrenner-Eyrich, for soulful conversations with my community of travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. We might all agree that we are missing travel right now. These conversations highlight what tourism really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. In each episode, you'll hear the story of industry professionals and seasoned travelers who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. This is the Soul of Travel. Malia Asfor is the director of the Jordan Tourism Board in North America. We begin our conversation with a look at what travelers may need safety to mean in a post-COVID world and consider how tourism will change to have a more sustainable and meaningful focus. We talk about ways to make travel more meaningful and how projects like the Meaningful Travel Map, a collaboration with Tourism Cares, can create opportunities for deeper connections that ripple out into more impact. We look at how each dollar you spend can have more of an impact on the community and is an opportunity to create shared experiences and connections. We also bring light to the importance of connecting with artisans and preserving culture by selling handcrafted goods. Empowering women through this work creates opportunities for leadership and cultural shifts. Malia is someone I have always looked up to in my career, and I know she'll leave you inspired and ready for a journey to Jordan. Join me now for my conversation with Malia Asfor. Good morning, Uh, welcome to Soul of Travel interview series. This is episode number seven, and today I'm really um, happy to be speaking with Malia Asfor from the Jordan Tourism Board in North America. And I'm excited to talk a little bit about um, travel in Jordan and the um, meaningful travel map, which is a really exciting project that resonates with um, my mission to connect with local um, communities and experience authentic culture in the destinations that I travel and also doing it in a mindful way um, where the connection is authentic and beneficial to the travelers and the community. So I love that that's kind of the whole premise of that project. Um, Malia, I would love to give you the opportunity to uh, share with our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself uh, and your background in tourism and a little bit about the work that you do at the tourism board.
1: Good morning and thank you for having me and uh, congratulations on episode number seven. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. Um, so I've been uh, working in the tourism sector since uh, 94 which ages me big time um, but we started the tourism board in uh, launched it started working on it in 96 and launched it in 97 um, for the North American market and I've been it's been my first baby um, so I'm very proud of um, the leaps and strides that um, that we've done uh, my team is incredible and um, we do it together and it's pretty rewarding. Um, and I've been very uh, privileged and lucky to be in this sector because uh, our jobs literally build bridges between people around the world. And I think that speaks to me and that's very important to my soul.
0: Thank you. I I remember the first time that I met you at the um, Educational Travel Conference uh, what seems like a very long time ago, I think close to that number. So, (laughs) um, but what I really remember is the one, the group of women that you had. And I remember thinking, wow, look how many women are engaged in this business. So for one, that was one door that opened Mm -hmm. and two, um, the passion that you all had for what you were doing was very, um, very, uh, I was very aware of that. And again, it kind of, um, for me, was one of those moments where I realized that people can really honestly love the work they do, and it can be really um, fulfilling to them personally. And that when you are in an environment like that the opportunity that you have to create impact I I could just um, I I really felt a lot from that connection and it really inspired me so thank you um, for that was kind of when I I just was leaving graduate school and um, trying to figure out what my role in this industry would be I knew it would be something but I didn't know exactly what yet and um, I just it was That empowering me to know that I could be a leader in the industry, knowing that I could do something passionate with conviction and be really sincere about that. And then also um, for me uh, in that community, I grew up, we were just talking, I grew up in rural Montana. Um, I had always had these visions of connecting with other people because I lived in a a pretty Common. Everyone looked like me, sounded like me, talked like me. I was like, I remember telling my mom when I grew up. I'm like, I just, I want to go someplace with culture. (laughs) I didn't know what I was saying, but I just, I was craving um, diversity and connection with other people and other cultures, and I wanted to be immersed in them. And I didn't want like a false snapshot. I wanted real, authentic connection. But I didn't know what any of that looked like. And I remember um, even where is Jordan? Oh, that's Petra. And then learning about it. And immediately for me, my touch point mentally was the three of you whenever I thought of Jordan. And um, so that gave me an ability to think safely and dream safely about going there. And so I think where you're talking about tourism bridging gaps, I think that's what it does, right? We, we only need one person that we know is gives us that bridge and we can cross it. And so um, I think that is the power. And I think in this moment in time, this is so important. Um, And to know that it really can be that simple. Um, So thank you for that experience. And um, even though you probably never knew that it existed, but. (laughs) (laughs) um, So I I would love to talk a little bit about that. Um, How do you see travel, Um, kind of adapting to this new world so we not only now are looking at kind of coming out of this uh, COVID crisis and what it will mean to be an international traveler or even really leave our homes Um, and then in terms of continuing to build on bridging that gap.
1: Well there's so much change right that's that's been hit Um, I think we're the hardest hit industry worldwide Um, and um, there's a lot of shifts and changes that have happened from now thinking, when you think of health and when you think of safety, it's no, you're not thinking of safety the way we used to think of safety, you're thinking of safety in terms of your health and hygiene and and those protocols. And so um, I feel like we have, all our minds have shifted and the direction of, of what tourism looks like for most people has shifted. So I think moving forward, we're gonna be looking at things like health and hygiene. What are the closest hospitals? What is the um, medical facility in the destination that we'll be traveling to? Um, but then we're also gonna start looking at things I feel more from a sustainable angle. Where can I go where I'm gonna be supportive? Where can I go where, I, where tourism can be a force for good? Where my money is gonna be spent Um, helping uh, build back, helping local communities that have been affected by the crisis. Um, Where are the wide open spaces that I can be in so that I do have the social distancing and feel safe? And I think this is gonna play a role in the psyche. Um, I also feel that uh, destination marketing organizations like ours um, are gonna start looking at management more closely and scrutinize management Um, more closely than uh, than we have before because we don't want to go back into an over-tourism kind of situation that we've had in some countries and we need to start looking at it from a management perspective of how do we manage the tourism structure um, moving forward. So I think there's a lot of different layers and different pieces that are going to happen in different countries um, moving forward with, with the travel industry.
0: Yeah. And I think um, what might be important context for people who are listening is that definitely all of these layers existed before and kind of like many other things, this is just magnifying some of those pieces. Mm -hmm. And I think um, part of why I wanted to have these conversations is to bring awareness to the efforts that were already there, um, looking at sustainability, looking at being a responsible, more mindful traveler, and then, allowing people who are starting to travel again, to understand what they can look for and ask for. Um, so i love that being an important part of the conversation. And another thing that has come up over and over is, um, what people, you know, you were talking about, um, safety and thing and hygiene and, and then beyond healthcare, mm-hmm. um, that travelers are going to be weighing kind of doing this cost benefit analysis with their time, with their money, with their, Mm -hmm. with their selves and what they want out of it, I think, and hope is going to be something more powerful. So I think that lines right up with the kind of work that you have been trying to promote in Jordan, that people don't want to just go and have this quick experience. They just don't want to see Petra and check it off their box. They want to really understand the culture. They wanna spend some time in the area seeing what else is there, at least I hope. And I think that also detracts from that over tourism because people are being more intentional with why they're going somewhere and it's not going to just be this quick trip or this fast paced experience. Um, I wonder if we could just talk a little bit about the meaningful travel map. I know that you launched that in partnership with Tourism Cares, which is another really great organization, and maybe I'll give you space to share a little bit about them as well, but with the intent of offering hands on cultural experiences, and I love that they're in conjunction with places where people would be going in Jordan anyway, they're, they're already right there, they don't have to wander far to to bring that into their experience so it makes it really accessible um, but would you share a little bit about um, how that project came about and what you were looking to serve and then again like I said maybe a little bit about Tourism Cares as well.
1: Absolutely so uh, Tourism Cares with Jordan um, was a, is a passion project of uh, mine and of Tourism Cares uh, we were the first uh, destination to uh, launch the Meaningful Travel Map with Tourism Cares. And um, and it's really, this is the project that feeds my soul. Um, we worked with, I, I have the privilege of serving on the Board of Directors of Tourism Cares. I'm now the vice chair, one of the vi- second vice chair on their executive committee. And it's been a, an awesome, awesome ride because this is an organization that really helps um, destinations, um, around the United States and around the world to with sustainable tourism development. And with regards to uh, the Meaningful Travel Map, we um, worked with uh, Tourism Cares to identify social uh, uh, projects in Jordan that um, were on close to a um, Uh, a destination within the country that had a lot of tourism where we could actually help bring the tourism to uh, some of the social enterprises that were, that mirrored the sites or that were close to the sites so that the other locations around these sites can benefit from tourism. And so um, we went around the country, um, interviewed many social enterprises and uh, started off with 12. And these 12 social enterprises are from the northern parts of Jordan to the southern parts of Jordan. Um, uh, and you can go and visit these local enterprises and uh, be able to do all kinds of different things with them. Whether if you go to Beit Khirat Suf, which is not far from, from Jerash, you can go and cook with the local community, um, learn about some of the organic farming that they do, some of the, uh, the food products that they have. And all the money that is spent there stays within the local community. They've been able to open a daycare for kids, they've been open, they've been able to help um, empower the local community, uh, build jobs, etc. And so the your few dollars that you spend in these local communities magnify and are incredibly empowering. There's, um, the, there's so many different sites on, within uh, the, the meaningful travel map that you can visit that give you that authentic experience that um, most travelers want. So you can go to the Finan Eco Lodge and have a immersive Bedouin experience. Um, there's 28 rooms, it's easy to social distance there, it's easy to have uh, a, a very authentic experience but you come out of there a changed person because you've connected. You know, you've been able to bake breads, bread with one of the women there or make candles or go shepherding with one of the shepherds. Um, you can go to Um Kais in the northern parts of Jordan and go uh, foraging, uh, take your kids to learn about beekeeping and foraging um, with the locals, learn how to cook as well. Um, tour some of the sites. Start. It's the site where the Jordan Trail starts. You could go and start walking part of the Jordan Trail and learning more about the the different topography, etc. that Jordan has to offer. So it is a really, um, I would say, a a sustainable, um, local uh, experience where uh, your tourism dollars are a force for good and where you're keeping money in local communities to help communities thrive.
0: Yeah, I, that is another um, point that I really try to communicate with my travelers. And just one of the things I love talking about is creating awareness around that. I think a lot of travelers don't understand, um, they think that they're in Jordan, or they're in Guatemala, they're in Peru that their money would be supporting the local economy. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times um, they aren't aware that an international hotel chain might be some of that money is leaving the economy or um, the way sometimes tourist, um, you know, uh, gift shops and things are set up. It's, it's not the same as actually giving your money right to a local community member mm-hmm. or, the the price is much higher. So I don't, it just creates a different dynamic. And I just, I just think a lot of people aren't conscious of that. So I love just thinking about that, that if you go and you buy um, a coconut from someone local, that dollar that you spend is so exponentially more valuable than the dollar or five that you would spend at the hotel. And um, it's a really easy way to help travelers feel more empowered to create an impact. Mm -hmm. Um, it just, it, it's so simple. And then it also goes back to creating that connection where you're actually seeing someone in their local village, in their home. Um, their kids are probably going to walk up and talk to them and it just becomes much more of a global community feel like you just feel much more welcomed to where they are.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, it changes uh, it, it, so First of all, like for when you're talking about the coconut, for example, if you go to the big souvenir shops, most of the items are not locally made. They're brought in from China or other parts of the world and resold and they don't have a story. And so um, I think when we become more aware of travelers, spending an extra 50 cents or a dollar to get something that's handmade by a local community that has a story mm-hmm. and where you know what's happening with that money that you've bought this little purse farmer this little uh, coaster farm or what have you or honey or anything then you know that it then it changes something inside you and when you gift that you're able to tell the story of that gift you know. Mm-hmm and that has ripple effects in itself too. So I think it's important as we start to build back from a tourism angle that we really start looking at these things and, and making more the industry more aware of these opportunities that are available. Um, tourism Cares with Jordan was the first. The second one is gonna be in Colombia um, next February. And I was had the privilege of going to Colombia and also looking at some of the uh, locations that we're going to put on the meaningful travel map for Colombia and there are some incredible experiences that we're going to be able to add to that so they so Tourism Care has created this meaningful travel platform where you can go and learn about these social enterprises in the different countries and how they can be supported and this is this platform is open to the travel community to be able to learn more so hopefully we can through the work you're doing through the work we're doing etc be able to amplify these kind of messages about how you shop, where you shop, how you eat, where you eat, what does it mean to be local, what does it mean to immerse, because it changes everybody um, for the good, you know.
0: Hi, it's Christine, interrupting this episode for just a moment to make sure you know you still have time to join our 2022 Lotus Book Sojourn. This is a unique journey exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe through the pages of nine specially selected books written by inspiring female authors. Your journey includes two guided virtual discussions each month with a community of like-hearted women, as well as weekly journaling prompts and reflection, and an assigned travel companion for each book in the journey. Last year, women said this was one of the most surprising and impactful experiences they had. Join us for rich discussion, meaningful connection, and an opportunity for exploration from the comfort of your home or wherever you might be in 2022. Your next opportunity to join us is in April for a three or six month experience. Visit the website at lotussojourns.com backslash book dash sojourn to join today. Now back to our soulful conversation. Yeah, I think, um, oftentimes, and I've had this happen over and over in travel. So I would think that at some point it couldn't happen anymore, but I have, um, sat down, um, maybe I was meant to be speaking with a group of people and, and educating them on something. And it, like really quickly becomes irrelevant because I might have something to say, but I'm not educating. I'm just participating in conversation. And then I'm learning so much. And I always feel like um, it's so humbling, right? It's just that experience that creates the shared human connection. And it happens really quickly if you're open to it, and especially when you're traveling, kind of in that slower, connective way. And mm-hmm. it's very, very, very powerful. I I just I can't think of how many times where I've had that privilege of of seeing someone else's world through their eyes and loving it, um, understanding it. Um, understanding the difficulties and challenges, but also understanding the beauty in a way that I never could, because I might have been bringing my own context and my own lens into the situation and, and, and just having this mindset of, um, kind of wanting to help or make things better, which I think is a a natural human instinct. Mm -hmm. But when you just sit and share space that you can already see what is good and, um, and there often isn't as much to do that you th- as you think. I guess it's just a different um, a different way of being in that space. And I think that these types of experiences that you're talking about will really allow for that shift. Um, and, and it is life-changing. Um, I, I focus on transformational travel in my company. And what I noticed or what I loved about travel is those experiences, right, where I was transformed. I left that place a different person. And it, it didn't have to be on, on a huge magnitude, but some part of me um, now knew something different, felt something different, was more connected. and um, when I started to figure out what I wanted to offer to people is those connections. And at first I thought it was going to be impossible. I thought, Oh, I had this unique experience over and over again that I couldn't possibly replicate. But, um, what I'm delighted to find is it can be replicated. It's just very much the intention and the mindset and the openness sure. for those experiences to happen.
1: For sure. For um, sure. And I think, you know, as we travel more our, we, we open up more and uh, and we find out that we're all more alike than different mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome
0: yeah and it can be scary to do but it's like a muscle and it's like a practice <laughs> and you just try it a little first right like you yeah. take your first yoga class and you might like it and you try another one and it's the same with travel I think we have built these boxes around ourselves and, and we do think we're protecting ourselves um, but the minute that you have that moment that I know I'm sure you've had um, it just changes and it's the most beautiful thing. And I, that's what I, what I really want to be able to share with the world. And I think um, another thing with the soul of travel is that I think there's a lot of people that that's their mission. I think that's your mission. so many people I've had beautiful conversations with, Um, but I wonder what, what inspired you, to make this path and travel your path like there's obviously so many ways that we could have you can step into mass tourism you can be focused on making money you can you can travel in a very different way and um i i know for me it just it is like i i can't not do travel this way i've tried it feels uncomfortable but what what was your introduction to this being um, possible and important and why this is how you want to show the world to other people?
1: So I guess it stems from being a, a, a child that's from uh, a mixed, mixed cultural backgrounds. I have an American mother and a Jordanian father and so I've been traveling since I was a month old um, and I've Uh, traveled distances, and I've been very privileged and lucky to have seen so much of our incredible world. Um, But as a kid, uh, we would uh, often go uh, throughout Jordan and throughout places. And and, and when you see uh, poverty, when you see uh, people who have less than you have, um, and then you go and you sit with them and you talk with them and you realize that they still want to play the same way way you want to play and they're excited just to be with you. I think that changes something inside you. Um, and so for me, I think it's it. My mandate is to bring tourism to Jordan, right? My mandate is to to promote jo- tourism as a, a, a Jordan as a as a tourism destination. Um, to uh, try to disperse people all over the country so that the, the economic value of tourism is felt throughout the, the whole country. And that to do that, you have to understand what's available in the country. And we're blessed as a destination. We have over 30,000 registered archaeological sites. We have so many faith sites in the country. And so being a destination that's so rich in tourism and people, most people think of Jordan as Petra. We really try to focus on other parts of Jordan and try to disperse travel throughout. And when you start to do that and you start to see the reactions that people get, it fuels your soul, right? And so I think that's what uh, drives me and, and my team to try to look at things from a different lens. Uh, try to push the envelope a little bit. That's not just Petra, even though Petra is magnificent. But try to do Petra maybe in a different way, mm-hmm. in a less impactful way, um, because it has. It's a very sensitive site, and we have to protect it for our kids and our grandkids, and and for us. And so I think. Um, the mindset comes from experience and from learning and from being with like-minded people in the industry and um, and really trying to look at tourism as a force for good and how you can make a difference. And so for us, I think all of us, my team and I, because I don't do it alone, we really try to focus on that angle and look at it from that lens and what can benefit the country versus what uh you know what type of travel per se so we work in all the pieces of travel but we try to in uh, infuse meaningful travel within all the different niche markets that we work in
0: right yeah. um and i think that is important because when i've traveled like for instance i have an itinerary in peru and everybody asks um why don't you start with machu picchu why don't you go to machu picchu and um you know it's Beautiful and it's amazing, and you should definitely go there and you should be mindful of the impact you have when you go there. But I don't take trips there, and people are worried they're going to miss something because they're not going there. Um, But I love that they don't. I mean, Mm -hmm. they get to see this place they would have never gone. And I think the same, what, what you're saying with Jordan, would be true that there's so much out there, and when you become so focused on this one. Element um, that you you actually are missing something, Um, so I think that's really important. And I love looking at a country that way. And when I start to build my itineraries, I think, okay, I I know that's people's bucket list. That's probably why they're thinking of coming. That's why they think they would go with me. And so trying to honor that and balance that with, okay, maybe we can look at that. And like you said, do it in a different way, but then make sure that we're really embracing the rest of the country too, and being able to spread our, our impact.
1: One of of the things we suffer from is that uh, we don't have enough tourism in Amman in the capital. And the, and the, not that we don't have enough, but we, we can do more. And what's missing is that people don't understand that this is a vibrant city that has so many nooks and crannies and so much art and architecture and culture. And that, um, and we need to focus more, I mean, our, mand- our theme this year was to focus more on Amman and the northern parts of Jordan. Unfortunately, with the COVID crisis, <laughs> we're all in a in limbo, but we're trying to inspire at least.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people can still have conversation and learn and become aware and and impassioned to travel there when they can. So that's what I've been focusing on is like the things that happen when we travel, some of those experiences and the way it feels in your body, we can do other things that create that now to keep us connected and then ready to return. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I love thinking about connecting with artisans and when i travel that's a really important part for me um so again this kind of ties back to the meaningful travel map but i feel like it's the quickest way to one i have a women's travel program so for women to connect with women Mm -hmm. and then um to really experience culture because so often you know they're working to actively conserve those traditions of Uh, weaving or handy, whatever their handcraft is, and pass that down to generations where it's getting lost, just like it, it is in the United States. I mean, we, we often think those traditions are held strong and fast in other countries. And I don't know why we think that, um, because that's what we go and see I guess as tourists, mm-hmm. um, but I love having those conversations with artisans saying you know how they' they are really working to share this with their children and their gran- grandchildren to make sure that it lives on um, so connecting with artisans provides that strong touch point with culture and authenticity with women and empowering women and I'm trying to find my note on it, but I know the Weavers project um, that- Yes, Bani Hamida. it was saying that she, um, one of the women who began as a volunteer became a supervisor and the project manager and now manages, um, is one of six women elected to the, um, in the municipal elections. Oh, Would you yeah. share that story? Because I think she I've is, seen that happen in other countries and like, that's the magic. Like, yeah. I love that. That's my favorite. Oh, there's, <laughs> there's
1: several stories similar to that in, in Jordan, but um, this woman is incredible Um, so she, um, she had learned how to weave from her grandmother and, um, and her grandmother from her mother and her grandmother. So it's been passed down through generations and it was sort of a dying art until the, um, Jordan River Foundation came in and, um, identified, um, some microfinancing, uh, for this community and, um, and started the project. And so, um, this, one, this woman is a force of nature. And um, she decided that she was gonna be part of the project and was hired to be one of the weavers. And what she did is she decided to learn how to drive. And her husband helped her. And um, she became, she got a pickup truck and she would go around the village, pick up all these women, pack them up in the pickup truck, go to the, the shop, and teach them how to weave. And eventually they started this whole Beni Hamida project, which is an incredible weaving project. They do beautiful rugs. Everyone has a story, but they have other weaving, uh, uh, they do baskets and other things as well. And, um, and she educated herself, educated her kids and her kids were the first kids in the village to be able to go to university. She ran for uh, the municipal uh, elections and won and has a voice in the community. And she is a force of nature that empowers women left, right, and center. And it's she's awesome. And um, literally, if you saw where she came from and where she is, it's a beautiful story. Mm. Um, there's another uh, woman in... Uh, in the north in Um also part of uh, uh, the Baraka destinations with the Meaningful Travel Map. And um, this woman uh, started off, her husband was uh, being laid off. He didn't have a job, he was in a lot of debt. The, the authorities were coming after him because he wasn't able to his taxes, etc. So she met, convinced him to get a job and start working at uh, one of the bed and breakfasts. And so she started being a cleaning lady. And um, eventually she became the manager and eventually she hired her husband. So, you know, this, these women empowering women um, to do this kind of work, I think is extremely important, but also making a huge difference in communities and in the psyche of kids as they start to grow up and realizing the equality that we need to have between our genders. So it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah and i think um it's a beautiful story thank you for sharing i i also love that it it's similar to what i was saying when i first met you and i didn't know that i could do what i wanted to do right these women start seeing each other in their villages becoming leaders and having a voice and um and then they know that they can strive for that because they didn't even know they could strive for it before maybe it was in their heart or um, maybe it was just so far reaching they they couldn't even dream it but it quickly ripples out they they start seeing each other and it's it is a force to be reckoned with and i've had the privilege of witnessing that with a project that i've been connected with in guatemala and the demeanor and the the mannerism and the confidence and um, it it's it's so amazing to see how quickly um, it becomes something new and, um, and then to be able to be a part of that and share it. And, and even just for a moment, um, it, it's very powerful for ourselves as well because we can see ourselves in each other. And mm-hmm. we can also connect to that moment of when we're feeling like challenges are overwhelming, or maybe we can't navigate something. Um, we can pull from that shared experience and think, "Look what they overcome to become who they were dreaming of being," yeah. and yeah. it makes it a lot easier. And that's again that for me, that global sisterhood and that shared humanity piece is is really the most important piece of travel. And I, um, I agree. Yeah, I I think that's... And and we as
1: women have a a role to play in lifting other women up. And I think we need to do more of that, Mm -hmm. especially in the travel industry. We have a few women leaders and we need to work in helping each other and lift each other up. Mm
0: -hmm. And I do think the women we see are often so powerful because they're the strongest ones rising up first. So they're fighting the hardest, which they're beautiful and amazing to connect with, but it does uh, there's still room for the people that maybe are not um as as strong and as 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 powerful. Like there's room for everyone's voice. And I think that's starting to happen too. The people that maybe never would have said anything are starting to feel like they can mm-hmm. add to the conversation as well.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: I also wanted to talk just a little bit about the Jordan trail, partly because I would love to do the whole entire thing at some point (laughs) in my life. (laughs) Um, but when you look at the Jordan trail, which for people that don't know is a hike that can take, it's about 40 days, right. To do the entire trail. Yeah. Um, when people then are hiking and they're on foot, they are obviously very much connecting with the land and nature and people, um, and moving more slowly. Um, I think we've talked on this a little bit, but how do you think that benefits locals and how that creates space for connection? What do people interact um, along that Jordan Trail?
1: So the trail is uh, from the most northern parts of Jordan in Umkais and goes, winds all the way down the country to Aqaba. And it goes through 52 local villages. So often villages off the beaten track that probably have never seen tourists before are um, benefiting from homestays, benefiting from uh, meals being uh, uh, given to the the, those hiking the trail, benefit from interaction with someone different. Um, And so uh, if you really want to be immersed in the Jordan Trail, I suggest that you um, uh, go and and watch Andrew walks Jordan. Andrew Evans hiked. He's an at Geo uh, influencer. And he hiked the wh- hiked the whole Jordan Trail from north to south, and uh, blogged every day about it. And it's a great, great story. But it's a uh, immersive experience in for in in several ways. In first with the land and the different topographies. In the north, it's forest. In the south, it's desert. And in between, there's all these. Hikes and climbs and ups and downs and valleys and, and mountains that you have to cross, and it's not a, a leisurely, easy hike, but it is. An, but anyone can do it, um, and that's what's neat about it. And then along the way, you're going to meet all kinds of shepherds and herders, etc. And then and there's instant interaction with them. And I believe anywhere you go along the Jordan Trail, if you meet a shepherd or anything, they're going to sit down with you, make you a cup of tea, and you're going to have some conversation, which is awesome. But the Jordan Trail is a story of itself where it's connected these villages to each other that were probably not connected before. And mirroring the Jordan Trail, which is the Waukee Trail is the Jordan Bike Trail. So you could also bike um, across Jordan. And so um, it's been able to connect these villages together, it's been able to connect these people to talk to each other, and it's been able to connect these travelers who are walking the trail with these villagers. So it's been a a win-win situation in every way that it's come together.
0: I love that so much, and I um, I love the the story of the topography because that is one thing. When I started researching, um, mm-hmm. I really just had in my mind what I saw with Petra and the desert and the sea, but I I didn't know about forests and these mountains. And um, I mean, that's that's the magic of travel, right? I I already learned something. I haven't even been there. I just opened a book and looked at some websites and um
1: i mean you're at high high altitude and you're go you're hiking down to the dead sea which is you're below sea level and then you're going back up and so it's like all these different terrains that you're going to be hiking in
0: yeah and it's in i mean in in a relatively short distance so you can have all of those experiences kind of quickly to to see all these different things so i think that's really really amazing as well
1: very much so. And you can do little parts of the Jordan Trail. Like I, my kids, um, one Christmas, two Christmases ago, we went and we did nine kilometers of the Jordan Trail. And through the, we were in the north. So we did through literally canopied forest. It was so beautiful. And then the guide took us, to this clearing where there was a local community who had made us lunch and we all sat on the ground and broke bread together and had lunch together. And it was just like this incredible experience because there were these little kids with us interacting, sitting next to us talking and my kids and my nieces and nephews were all interacting, it was amazing. And so everybody loved it and everybody wanted to do more. So I'll go walk with you. (laughs) <laughs>
0: thank you. Yes, let's do that, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thank you for mentioning that because I have that in the back of my mind to share with people too that if, you know, a 40-day hike across Jordan might be a little intimidating for some people and they might not have that allotted amount of time, but they can still connect with that experience by picking small sections of it. Absolutely, absolutely,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Um, well, I would love to give you, if there's anything else that you want to just share, if there's anything that we missed that you would love to, for our listeners to know or understand.
1: Well, I I think um, what's important now is as we start to think about this country opening up and um, tourism coming back, um, there are countries like Jordan whose tourism is their oil. I mean, it's the only thing that keeps our, it's what keeps our economy afloat. It it ranges between 12 uh, 12 to 14% of our GDP. So it's an important piece to our economy. And so as tourism starts to open, and people start to thinking about where to travel. Maybe they could travel where countries have had strong leadership, um, where they've been open and transparent like Jordan has about the COVID virus and where they flatten the curve, which we have done successfully and it's it's a point of pride. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully these destinations are the ones that people will think about visiting first. we can definitely benefit from tourism dollars being spent in Jordan, but also the experience that you will have is incredible. Um, And so I I just can't wait to go back and go see my family because right now I can't, but Mm -hmm. hopefully soon, because it's just such an incredible place.
0: Yeah. I can't wait. I I started in January planning my sojourn and I went to a travel show and I was just kind of, you know, teasing it, telling people like, these are the things so far that I know I'm doing and, I everyone put their name with the check mark that Jordan was the thing that they wanted to hear about. So that's really Thanks. exciting <laughs> awesome. and fun to be able to share with you. Yeah. But um yeah, I, I can't wait to pick that back up and um and be able to to create and share that experience. Um, for people that are looking to travel um, and to um, learn more about what you offer, unique travel experiences, um, how can they connect with you and your organization and find more um, about traveling?
1: So um, our website, My Jordan Journey, is, uh, has a live COVID page, too. So it it's updated daily on anything that should do with the virus, but it also has a meaningful travel map. And we also just launched holyjordan.com, which is a faith-based website that's also part of uh, My Jordan Journey. So we have a lot of information on there. And email me, contact anyone in my office directly. Um, Happy to to respond and help people um, connect with, uh, whether they need to connect with people like you to put trips together or um, just get information. We're a resource um, for the North American market Um, so use us.
0: Thank you. I think that's another great point to share because before I was in the travel industry, I didn't know tourism boards existed. So I don't think that it's a really common awareness, which is kind Mm -hmm. of sad because now I know what a wealth of information and what a great resource it is. It should be the first place you go when you're looking at traveling um, because they have a really strong understanding of what is happening and, and unique for you addressing north american travelers to jordan mm-hmm. um so yeah i think that's a really valuable uh, resource as well uh, thank you so much for joining me this has been such a great <laughs> conversation and i i know people listening have all um, been inspired and fallen a little bit in love with jordan so thank you i hope so
1: <laughs> thank you
0: Thank you for listening to Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I'm so happy to connect with you. You can find more about the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourn community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can find out more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can also find the Lotus Sojourns I Guide for Women, as well as my current book, Sojourn, offering an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or Soul of Travel Podcast. Join the Lotus Sojourn's mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.